0: Welcome to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar.
1: Welcome to the Female Insight Zone. This is Mary Beth Kuzmeski. Today I'm interviewing Julia Pinsler. Julia is the CEO and founder of Million Dollar Women, creator of the Million Dollar Women Summit for high-growth women entrepreneurs. She's the author of Million Dollar Woman, the essential guide for female entrepreneurs who want to go big. Her work has been with entrepreneurs, and she has been an entrepreneur. She's the founder of um, of a company. She has a father who is famous that she learned a lot from. And I would love to introduce Julia Pimsler to our audience today.
0: So nice to be with you. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you.
1: So tell us a little bit about uh, how you got started and how you got into doing what you're doing now. Because when you're writing about and talking about million dollar women, there's a journey that you had to take to get to that point, right? So talk a little bit about where you started and how you got to where you're at.
0: Well, I think it started when I got mad. And let me explain that. (laughs) I was building my business, Little Pim, which is a language teaching company for young children. It's sort of like Rosetta Stone for little kids, if you want to have a picture in your mind. Um, My father was Dr. Paul Pimsler. He created the Pimsler Method, which is for adults to learn a foreign language and I started a business for young children to learn a foreign language that I then scaled up to be a multimillion dollar business in 22 countries. But it wasn't always rosy like that. I started out like every entrepreneur with just a dream and a couple hundred bucks in the bank account. And uh, as I was working so hard to build my business, I came across this statistic that made me mad. And the statistic was only 1.8 percent of women-run companies ever get to a million in revenues. And a million in revenues is not like some big success where, you know, you can hang up your hat and say, okay, I'm done. I mean, a million in revenues is just sort of getting off go in the business world. Yeah. And yet this teeny tiny little number of women was actually getting there. Um, we did cross the million dollar mark at Little Pim and that was how I found out this statistic. I got a call from a journalist who wanted to interview me and I said, well, I'm happy for the coverage, but why did you call me? You know, why, why me? And she said, well, there are so few women that ever make it to a million. <laughs> But, you know, we tracked them down and interviewed them. And I just thought, this is crazy. How did we get to, you know, whatever it was then, 2014 or something? So that number was really gnawing at me as a feminist and as someone who's always been involved in social change work. I felt like that's a place that maybe I could make a difference. And then the second statistic that made me mad and made me sort of hang up my CEO hat and uh, take on this new movement, the Million Dollar Women movement, is that only 4% Of venture capital goes to women-run businesses. And you don't have to be a math expert to understand that, you know, so little capital going into women-run businesses is directly related to how few of them actually make it into the big leagues. And so when I started looking into this phenomenon, I wound up uh, training women in raising capital. I raised a lot of money for my business and really felt so fortunate to have that capital to take my business big and found that most women were not out raising money. They either didn't know how or were afraid of it or just didn't know anyone else who had done it. So I started training women in raising venture capital. And uh, I'll, I'll pause there because that's already a lot.
1: Well, it's amazing. And I know that you've had a big goal. So by 2020, what's the big goal that you have?
0: Well, I get up every day and think about how to help a million women get to a million in revenues by 2020. That's the change I want to see.
1: It's absolutely amazing. And I think it's possible, right? Do you believe that it's possible?
0: Well, absolutely. I mean, I did the math and, you know, right now it's 3% of all women entrepreneurs who make it to a million in revenues The numbers have climbed a teeny tiny bit. And people often ask, so I'll share that it's 6% of Male entrepreneurs who get to a million in revenues. So men are twice as likely, but women are also twice as likely to shut down their businesses because they run out of cash. So this capital piece is really, really important for women. And when we have a million more women making a million in revenues, it will be 13% of all women entrepreneurs will be getting to a million in revenues. And that's a much better number than 3%. And it also takes us up into catch up with what's happening in the corporate sphere you know if you read lean in and are familiar with the terms um or the percentages rather of women in the upper echelons of business it's hovering around 15%. So I remember reading lean in and thinking wow you know Sheryl Sandberg is so up in arms about 15% in the world I'm in that would be a huge win if we were at 15%. <laughs> <laughs> so you know we've got to keep pushing all these fronts forward but there is so much catching up to be done in the entrepreneurial space in this uh gender gap.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I work a lot in the financial services industry and the numbers are very low there too, not only with women yeah. being financial advisors, but in leadership and in, in places where it really, really, really matters for other women who are coming up. And so, you know, when you're talking about the, like the book you wrote, Million Dollar Women or the, yeah. the summit that you have, what are some of the things that you are doing and talking about to build this swell of more than a million women who are making a million dollars?
0: Well, it's interesting, once you start you know, rolling up your sleeves and getting into this issue of how do you get more women over this million dollar milestone? It turns out there are just a few things that women need in order to take their businesses big. And I determined this not only from my own experience growing my business to be a multi-million dollar business from scratch with no business background, no finance background, but also from interviewing women across the country who built multi-million dollar businesses. I profiled seven women in the book, Million Dollar Women, to see what did all these women have in common. And we all agreed that you really just need three things to go big. And here we're defining going big as at least getting to a million. We, of course, would like to see women running 10, 20, you know, $100 million companies. But let's start by getting a whole lot more women to a million. So the three things you need are the right mindset. That's number one. Mm -hmm. The right skill set. That's number two. And the right network is number three. And if you start looking at how you can be successful in those three spheres, it actually becomes a lot easier to get to a million in revenues. And so that's part of what I'm teaching in the million dollar women movement is, you know, how do you have the right mindset to think of yourself as a CEO of a multimillion dollar company and to have that resilience that you need and that grit that we all read so much about in all the, you know, entrepreneurial business books. Um, That's not something that's always innate. Sometimes it needs to be developed. So that's number one. And then the skill set is, you know, whatever you're good at, that's fantastic. Own it live it, you know, tout it. Sometimes we don't celebrate our own talents as much as we need to. As women, we tend to underplay them. And then go find people to help with the rest. You know, you don't have to have all those skills yourself. I think that's sometimes a big relief for women to realize that they don't have to know how to do everything in their business. So I'm a big advocate of, you know, hire top staff, get mentors, coaches, advisors, board members, whoever it is you need around you, and also up your own skills, right? So that's the skill set. And then the third one is the network, because you can actually have a great mindset and incredible skills, a combination of you and the people around you. And if you're not in the right rooms with the right people, you won't be making the deals you need to make to take your business big, whether it's strategic partnerships, distribution, fundraising, etc. So those are the three things that, that women really need to master.
1: Yeah and I you know I love that because it's breaking it down into a sort of a simple way to think about it and we can we can figure out the mindset we have the skill set and we have to make sure that we have that you know done really well but something you just said really yeah. really resonated with me and that's you know touting it and celebrating it and I think that I mean I hear this all the time should i mm-hmm. Promote myself because we're a marketing firm. Should I be more promotional? Should I talk about what it is that we're doing? And you know, there's a there's a line between being promotional and not authentic, and being promotional or just talking about the good work that you're doing and talking about the skill set that you have why don't women talk about that more? Do you see that? I mean, you mentioned it, but do you see that? Oh, I do. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Why? Where I see it in a very stark way is when women are pitching for capital, they often, I, I will, will keep their credentials so small and quiet. You know, I had one woman who did her entire pitch and at the very end, after presenting the market and the opportunity and the finances and everything, you know, she was like, Oh, and I have a PhD from Harvard. (laughs) right and it's like you'd want to lead with that right you want to stand up and own the room and say i have a phd from harvard in artificial intelligence and that is why i have created this company right to credential yourself right up front and say pay attention because i am the right person to run this company so i think sometimes we think that by you know playing small that we're Doing the right thing. But in fact, I think we're really shortchanging ourselves a lot of the time. And, and I do think it's socialization. I think that, you know, we're not necessarily socialized to do that. I struggled with that myself. I mean, when I created the Million Dollar Women movement my initial instinct was, well, I don't have to have my face on it, right? It can just be about all these other women, you know, taking their companies big. I didn't actually have a desire or a need to be the front person. But the fact is, when you're standing up for a cause, or you're running a company you believe in, someone has to stand up and say, I'm the person in charge of this, right? And it makes a big, big difference. So I ultimately embraced that. And um, I know when women struggle with it, it's something I can really relate to. But if you think you have gifts to bring forth, then bring them forth loudly and proudly. Yeah, and
1: you know, another thing that you mentioned is the network and that it makes a lot of sense, obviously. I wrote a book called The Connectors. I, I know about, you know, bringing people You're together. You're on that what, one. <laughs> yeah, but, but I think there is there is an issue with this, um, especially mm-hmm. for women that are very credentialed and that have a lot of things going on. And, and I think the reason is, that we don't always network because we're used to being so fiercely independent and that's how Mm -hmm. we got to where we're at. And to get to the next level, we have to be able to network. We have to be able to go out and meet other people that can help us. But, to get to that first level, it seems like in a lot of cases with women that I know and even with myself, that we've had to be yeah. so fiercely independent that we're just not even thinking about. I'm just moving forward and I'm doing a good job and people are going to recognize it. And that's that, but it's not really always the way that it is. I mean, do you see that as, as a phenomenon, if you will, that because of the fierce independence that we're not really networking like we should?
0: Well I think I I do see that. I also see a lot of women who are incredible doers and they've been really praised and rewarded all their lives for being so high functioning, right? Getting tons of stuff done and multitasking. And I always like to say, wow, we make great number twos, like smart women. You want a smart woman as your number two. (laughs) But when it's time to be number one, which you are when you're an entrepreneur and you are when you're fundraising, you're the leader then that's actually a different set of skills and you have to be able to represent yourself powerfully. You have to be able to find folks who are ahead of where you are and model what that looks like, right? Uh, when I was trying to get ahead with little Pim and get into the multimillion dollar zone, I joined the entrepreneurs organization, which is a network of successful entrepreneurs. And it was about 85 to 90% men. Yeah. So I was in, that group. I I was in those...
1: that group as well. So yeah. How oh, were you? Oh, yeah.
0: so you're no. familiar in, in New York? No, in Chicago. In Chicago. Okay. And what was your, what was your experience like there? Well, it, the
1: same in some cases where um there's very few women, very, very few women, and it was. Wasn't not a, always comfortable. No, that's exactly my no. words. Exactly. And then
0: you have a choice to make. So this is exactly the point that you were making. And I couldn't agree more that, you know, sometimes you have to go out of your comfort zone in order to be in the rooms of the people who can help you get to the next level. You know, I didn't join because it was as fun as going out for margaritas with my girlfriends, right? I would have rather been going out for margaritas <laughs> with my girlfriends. Right. But in that room were people who could help me get to the next level. And, and by the way, I've made some incredibly dear friends in that organization now, men and women. And I started a women group within the organization to sort of address that imbalance and there are a lot more women in there now but all that to say that you know I think if we just assume that we can keep doing what we're doing and get to the next level that that often is not the case you often have to go outside of your comfort zone
1: yeah absolutely so when you talk about the go big mindset what does that really mean that you're just well you talk about what you because I know you've written about it it's really the, the fundamental foundation of what you talk about right
0: yeah, it is. I mean, that's the, the foundation on which you have to build your mansion. There is no building a mansion without a go big mindset because you wouldn't even dare to do that. Um, what I see a lot with women and what I frankly struggled with myself was just imagining yourself running a multi-million dollar company, even though you've rarely seen anyone who looks like you doing that. You know, it's the old uh, need to see it to be it issue that Sheryl Sandberg brought up in, in Lean In. And that when you're the pioneers, which we are still the pioneers of women running big multimillion dollar businesses, women have always run small businesses. I mean, my great grandmother ran a cigarette and candy shop on lower Broadway here in New York back at the turn of the century. Right. There's been no lack of women being entrepreneurial. But once you get into the multimillion dollar companies, now you can count on a couple of hands, you know, how many women have made it into those big leagues. So the first step is really just saying, I can do this, even if I didn't go to business school, even if I don't have a finance background, even if I've never met anyone who looks like me doing this. And that's actually the biggest hurdle.
1: Yeah, no, it, it, it makes so much sense to be able to think and visualize where you are going to be as opposed to just taking every day, day by day, which is easy to do because there's so many things going on. You've got kids, it's the, you know, women have stuff going on and it's, it's hard to think so sometimes so big or think so far into the future, but you're right. And so you help people with this go big mindset, tell our listeners how people can reach you, how people can find out more about your summit and, um, Um, Just your information.
0: Sure. So I work with women across the United States and some in other countries as well, but mainly in the US. And uh, really, we have three things. We have the Million Dollar Women Masterclass, which is an online coaching program that lasts for four months that helps women scale up their businesses. And that's been so much fun to help women across the country get closer to that million dollar mark. And I'm very proud that we've had about a 20% of the graduates have reached the million dollar mark already. So really proud of them. So that's wonderful. And then once a year we have the Million Dollar Women's Summit here in New York City, where women come from all over the country to spend a couple of days with 200 other high growth women entrepreneurs. And the cross-pollination there is amazing between businesses uh, in retail and tech and SaaS and services and women just getting to know other ambitious women and learning from some of the top coaches and mentors in the industry and keynotes and and a lot of fun too. So that's the second thing. And then I also do a little bit of one-on-one coaching. I only take on a few clients a year, but I have some amazing women who are building the next Spanx and Birchbox and uh, Care.com. So we'll hear, we'll be hearing more about them in the press, but I'm really excited to have these one-on-one coaching clients who I get to know very intimately.
1: Well, that's amazing. And so um, website, uh, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you're at, let our listeners know.
0: If people are looking to reach me, they can go to www.juliapimsler.com, and there you can find information about Masterclass. I have over 100 blogs about scaling up that you can read if you're interested in learning more about that, and the Million Dollar Women's Summit is coming up in April 2018.
1: Well, amazing. Julia, thank you so much for being part of the Female Insight Zone today. You certainly have provided quite a bit of insight, and uh, I am really grateful for that.
0: Oh, well, my pleasure. And I love what you're doing to help women think big. And I hope that if women are listening who are considering entrepreneurship, that you will read Million Dollar Women and get inspired by the incredible women I had the privilege of interviewing. And uh, get in touch if you think I can be helpful at all. And thank you for having me today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more
0: top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.